Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. We should do that over, but Travis introduced as, Ar- as <laughs> Arnold. You want to do that as Arnold? I don't do good cold readings. So Come on, do it. For our new listeners, uh, <laughs> George ain't seen any movies. Shh, and right. so we are fixing him week by week, educating him, if you will, uh, in the magic of cinema. And what a movie we had from this week. We watched the 1994 prestige action classic, True Lies. George, how you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Travis, how you holding up? Uh, I'm not too bad. I'm doing good. Feeling good, Lewis. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you standing by your guns and not doing an Arnold impression. Yeah. But then uh, throwing in a feeling good, Lewis, just to remind <laughs> us that you can be a one-trick pony if needed. Yes, I am. That's range, well, you know, baby. That's range. I, I speak fluent movie quotes, so... We'll get the Arnold in there. Yeah, that's what she said. So, George, we didn't tell you anything about True Lies. Were you successful in making it into the beginning of the movie before you realized Arnold was back? No. Oh. <laughs> He's on the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> did Meg put it on, or did you put no, it on? No, I forgot to have Meg do it. Okay, I, so just, he saw I, it. I opened up the case, and I'm like, oh. His mug's right there on that, the DVD. Look at that. Not formatted for our TV show. I was like, oh, hey. Oh, hey. Well... In lieu of George being surprised at the presence of uh, Arnold, I, Dan, have never seen this movie until recently, uh, watching it for the show. And so I knew Arnold was in it, right? Because I'd seen Arnold in a Harrier downtown on all the commercials for the past 30 years. But I was not aware that Tia Carrero was in this movie. And boys, Zang. <laughs> I was not aware you never saw this, so I didn't know that was going to be a surprise for you. Yeah, Very no, nice. I'd never seen the movie. And uh, so, yeah, Wayne's World, uh, Wayne's World Party Time, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is what, five years after that? Uh, it's like two years after that. This is like no, well, probably right after Wayne's World 2. Wayne's World 92. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Wayne's World okay. 92, Wayne's World 2, 93, and this in 94. Guys. Beauteous. Prime Tia Carrera movie. Yes. But, <laughs> oddly enough, uh, this movie is super difficult to find in the modern era. Like, Yes. When George says he saw the DVD, he means the digital versatile disc from 1999. <laughs> the disc. It was tactile. <laughs> yeah, there's no Blu-ray. There's nothing out there. This thing is not streaming. I watched it on a Blu-ray I bought on Amazon, which is a mm. Spanish import, and very clearly just the DVD upscaled onto a Blu-ray. Like, it looked like hot garbage. Stick with your regular DVDs if you have them. But, yeah, yeah, no U.S. Blu-ray release, no streaming release. Interesting, because we've, and we've touched on it before, because we've been trying to watch this movie for, like, three months, and we just couldn't get it all nailed down we finally got our physical media straightened out and we're good to go right the question of why this movie and the abyss are not streaming despite being james cameron despite being kind of prestige releases for him Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of debate as to whether he's not happy with the visual effects i'm sure we'll talk about those as the debate goes on there's also some content concerns with this particular movie that i'm sure we'll touch on really interesting for me as a first time viewer to go deep into this movie the first time boys what is this yeah. movie it's a good popcorn movie is it satire 
Not well. It's it's. I believe it's an homage to James Bond movies. Less about satire, more mm. of an homage. Uh, it's ninety four. So yeah, you get the uh, the literal terrorism that is now like kind of. We joked about it during Die Hard because we were like, why are these these German guys like? It was like a. It was almost like unheard of that they were in there, and we were talking about how. They never really explain why these guys are terrorists. They're basically just bank robbers, but they were calling them terrorists. Yeah. This movie's almost a stereotypical version of that fear. Yeah. Uh, the World Trade Center was bombed in 93. Right. And I believe there were a few plane incidents in like late 90s, early 90s. So it was like fresh in people's minds. So we didn't, we didn't look at it as how it would be looked at today. Which I, when I was, if I'd have known Dan hadn't seen this, I would have 100% put my thumb on the fact that he was going to <laughs> mm. see that and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> see, and mm. I don't, that wasn't even what I was referring to. Uh, so oh, I think it's going to be an interesting discussion. But let's start with George because he is our movie virgin uh, for those new to the show. George, you've seen True Lies. You've seen Die Hard. You've seen First Blood. What are, what are you feeling with, with True Lies? I mean, you're, is this satire question is a great throwback to an earlier episode, but hmm. really, uh, what do you think, True Lies? <sighs> I don't know, man. Out of, out of five, three and a half, like... That's not bad. Yeah, I mean... You didn't eject it straight into the garbage can. That's good. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> um, the, uh, it was... I mean... If you can get past the corniness mm-hmm. of some of the things, and just and and appreciate that, um, what they're trying to do is mesh serious hostage hostage situations with humor, right? Um, and if like if you can get down with that, then cool. I felt like it was kind of a little all over the place, and it needed to pick mm-hmm. what it wanted to be. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis. Which is why we watched it. Great. And it's why Always we were going to watch it during your Jamie Lee Christmas uh, run back last fall when we watched a ton of her movies. This yeah, was going to be like the sh- crowning achievement. And then we this was the final movie. <laughs> definitely should. No, th- we definitely should have watched this before yeah. Fish Called Wanda. Okay. Um, or no. I don't know. No. What was the one? Road Games? Don't be talking about road games. Early no, stuff. not road games. Stuff. Don't be talking we about watched, trading places. Trading we places. Watched trading places. We watched The Fog. We watched Road Games. Fish Called Wanda. I think it was Trading Places. Okay. Anyways. Um, but, but. That's where I would have put it right before. The fact that you saw her in Trading Places and then you see her in this, it makes that dance scene a lot better. Knowing that it's been almost 20-something years <laughs> since she... Showed off a solid, a solid ten years. Still. I don't know if you know. What, uh, when did that was like eighty three, wasn't it? And this was like ninety four. So that's like a solid, oh, okay, yeah, solid ten years. 10 years. Okay. ten years. Thirty years later, she looks. I'm great, sorry. I'm thinking bro. now. I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> today. If you watch it today, yeah, Halloween ends is going to go a way different direction this fall. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to do the dance on Michael. Oh no. <laughs> do it uh, slowly. And that is why oh, she's no. never going to come on our show. <laughs> Uh, she might. She's good fun. She's a lot of fun. She's like Carrie Fisher. She she's fantastic. She joins I, I love her. I I don't know what it is. Can we get Carrie Fisher on soon? That'd be great. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. It's worth we a shot. Try. 
Worth a shot. <laughs> Why don't we add her? <laughs> so this movie starts out, right? And Arnold is in like an underwater pool, but like a bay that like looks like a swimming pool that butts right up against a mansion. And he comes out in his little wetsuit over his tuxedo and he mm-hmm. takes his night vision off and his respirator and just like leaves it in the water. Right. And I was just like, oh, we're doing this kind of movie. Yes. You know that as soon as he's completely dry, when he takes his <laughs> wetsuit off yeah. and he looks like he's ready to go to a party. There's a tuxedo underneath. Cool you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, and that's how you, that's when you know. He's yeah. like, yeah. obviously like a spy, right? He's got the James Bond outfit. And I don't think this movie at any time actually shows any spy craft or intelligence gathering or anything of the sort. Like it stays so far out of the weeds that it like forgot to put the weeds in the picture. Well, they had they had their one guy, the hacker guy. He's kind of the info intel collector. Yeah, he gave but some like They're not doing it. Interesting like background on the Oh, that lady knows about Persia. You should talk about Persia. Yeah. But like really definitely not the thing this movie is going for is realistic like spycraft. Right. It is just here to make you laugh and to make you enjoy polished camera work and action set pieces. And so as soon as he left his stuff in the water and didn't even bother to take his equipment with him, I was like, oh, okay. Brain clicked off, and we're good. Yeah. That's how I felt, too. 20 minutes no, later, just, it was it, over. It's just a popcorn movie. And it was fun. It's not Avatar. Ugh. I don't... <laughs> no, thank God it's not Avatar. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Avatar. To me, for... it's, it's, it's like a, a, to me, it's a love letter. It's Cameron's love letter, and it's done in a Cameron way. So it's like he's he's giving back. He's he's finally. This is the, probably the movie he wanted to make in 1984 when he made Terminator, but he didn't have the connections and the budget and the mm. this and the that. So then he makes a small little art film with one little robot, and that's it. Now he's got money. Now he's got a name. Now he's. It's, you know, this is his Jurassic Park. This is his Jurassic Park, and Terminator was his Westworld. Yeah. Yes. Now, we sometimes forget that George is new to the world of cinema. George, you know who James Cameron is, right? Yeah, he's a director. And he's, <laughs> he's made Terminator, Terminator 2, Titanic. Aliens. Aliens. Oh. The Abyss. Mm-hmm. An Avatar. Avatar. Mm-hmm. Titan- yeah, Titanic's his biggest. So uh, Titanic, like, I didn't know movie. that that was him. Yeah. So he's he's a big time. I mean, he's you know on the same level as a like a Spielberg or directly Spielberg, below yeah. a Spielberg. Yeah. Know, depending on your debate. Yeah. No, I I hundred percent recognize his name. I recognize. So to his follow name up a, a movie like Terminator two, two, which you've seen Terminator two, right? Eh. No. Oh no. No, no he oh. hasn't. <laughs> well, put that in our pile of movies to make him watch later but uh you know serious action movies and then to make this like he's not doing this by accident like dude clearly knows we're making a farce but everything's going to be fun and stuff's going to explode so as long as you're aware of that i think it'll if you didn't know that if you were like who is this james cameron guy oh he made avatar and this is his action movie i think you would see this differently than knowing like oh this guy makes great action movies and now he's doing a fun one this is his top secret. <laughs> his hot shots. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. 
Yeah, I didn't really have that background about you know James Cameron or what whatever, but you know just just watching the movie, like you said, Dan, like you figure out right away that like you know all the all the bad guys have really poor aim, and yeah, you know the good guy never gets. No, everything's a headshot. It's almost like a living video game. This this movie. Yeah, it's it's like a first person shoot 'em up. Well, yeah. and the thing is, this is pre first person shooters. I I was thinking this while mm-hmm. I was watching the movie. How interesting it is to watch this movie in particular and how it is visually influenced by video games, but we're talking about like the late 80s, early 90s arcade games, you know, where these levels change and suddenly you're fighting on top of a spaceship and now you're fighting on the street level and now you're both on top of cars as they drive by each other. Like Mm -hmm. it's very much of that era digital entertainment influenced and so when they start fighting on top of spoiler alert a harrier downtown you're just like oh yeah this totally feels like you know bad dudes and he's doing it one-handed yeah that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) but it kind of has a feel of like goldeneye too because for me the bond feel of the opening it doesn't really go bond anywhere after the opening but this this just (laughs) the ridiculous Ski guys, snowmobiles through the woods. Uh, yeah, Arnold just running, uh, Harrison Ford style down the hill, and it's basically Indiana Jones on steroids. And you know everybody's coming down that hill on skis. Yeah, None, it's exactly like that. It's the uh, it's the I I forget what they're called, but they're like Siberian guards, I think. In okay. in 007. Yeah, that's what they look like. Yeah, and yeah. and he takes every one of them out like. <laughs> it's almost I was waiting for him to Could like you lean shoot. back a little. Yeah. <laughs> Just lean back. Uh <laughs> there's a scene Ryan Reynolds plays Deadpool in the Wolverine Origins movie a long time ago, like before Deadpool was Deadpool mm-hmm. on film. It was a terrible version of Deadpool, but when he played Wade Wilson before he put on the gear, <laughs> someone shoots at him. And he takes his katana and he cuts the bullet in half as it's coming at him. And it goes in both directions and hits the two guys to his right and his left. Yeah. That's what this movie is. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah. okay. If that happens in the beginning of the movie, then you know what you're in for. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you just know. And that's, to me, this movie is has always been that. I was never... Like Gabe got mad at me because I said, "Oh, it's the greatest movie you'll you'll ever watch," and then when we were done, he's like, "That was not the greatest." Movie no, it's I'll not the watch. greatest movie. No, <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, for me, <laughs> it is." When it came out, it was the greatest movie at the time, and it still holds up. But it's holds up if you watch it for the right reason. Yeah, if you're watching it for like if we're trying to be like, well, you know, that no, shot was uh, you know, if you're being a yeah. a, a film critic, it's not for a you. true critical viewer no it's not good right but i mean but we're not like no. if you're watching this for fun and you're watching it for the people that are in it and you're watching it for the history of you know james cameron or whatever right. uh, it's, it's a must it's see fun and everybody in it is acting their asses off yeah but with their tongue firmly pressed into their cheek yes like, Bill paxton should have got an oscar for this movie oh my god bill paxton <laughs> in this movie <laughs> brilliant and i i know you're gonna say love him or hate him i think i can't stand tom arnold sometimes but this this movie and nine nine months have always been my favorite tom arnold characters 
but he's kind of like Will Ferrell, where if he, if if he's in it too much, you're almost like, oh yeah, no. Now I let's go back it. to Bill Paxton real quick. George, okay. are you familiar with Bill Paxton? I'm looking him up on He's IMDb right oh now. My God. I'm asking this with a <laughs> laughing smile on my face because I know you're not going to remember. I recognize him. Shit. Is he? Is mm. yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying, "Is that my uncle?" You've mm. seen him in everything. He was in your prom video. <laughs> oh wait, you didn't go to prom. <laughs> Scratch that. Reverse it. Game He's over, man. Now what are we gonna do? Well, I don't know if George oh, actually yeah, sat I and watched over, Aliens. I think no, I have. Just... It was a long time ago, but yeah, game over, man, yeah. game over. Yeah. Well, and on this show, we know him specifically as Chet, the brother Chet. in Weird From Science. Weird Science. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> You're stupid, Budwad. Hello, girls. <laughs> so good. He was just the perfect amount of, like, you know, the chicken shit heel. Like, if you're yeah. a wrestling fan, yes. uh, Seth Rollins for years was the best heel in wrestling because he mm-hmm. would talk the talk and he'd get right to the point where he had to defend himself and then he would run away. And you're just like, oh, he did it yeah. again. That's Rowdy Roddy Piper. Bitch. He's Piper in this movie. Yeah, so good. <laughs> he's got the mic and he's running his mouth, but then eventually he pees himself. Yeah, so good. <laughs> so good. I don't know. Tom Arnold is complex for me because... I am a child of the 90s, so my lens mm-hmm. for Tom Arnold is he was married to Roseanne. Right. And when he and Roseanne broke up, I feel like the coverage at the time, again, who cares because I'm like 12 at the time or whatever, 10. Uh, when they broke up, the media picked Roseanne, and Tom right. Arnold was the no-talent hack that married Roseanne. And then I think lately, as we've learned more about Roseanne, Maybe we picked the wrong one as a society. I think they're both, they they both, being older when all that was going on, they both kind of uh, were Madonna. They were just all press is good press kind of people, and they just do what they do, and they were that way. Like uh, Arnold, Tom Arnold was always going on to Stern and trashing her, and then she was going on to Stern and trashing him. And, you know, it was just, it was the environment. And I think they're both they're both made for each other, <laughs> but I do think he is he is not a talentless hack. I think he's very funny uh, when given the correct role. Some of his lines in this movie are fantastic. Yes, and I should have made like a you know a, like a Venn diagram of worked, didn't worked, and sort of worked. Can I find the one that worked? Because it's my favorite quote in the movie. Oh God! But don't be one of the bad ones. Go ahead. I came home. And everything was gone. <laughs> Even the ice cube trays. Yeah, the ice cube trays. What kind of a sick bitch takes the ice cube trays? I, that's my favorite <laughs> line in the whole movie when he says that. Because it's like his delivery, he commits to it. And for once, Arnold, many times in this movie, is the straight man mm-hmm. in a lot of the one-liners, which is usually his forte that's like when he does like, can you back up a little yeah or uh you know sorry sorry or when he's yelling at the horse the, the funniest scene is when he's like what's the matter with you <laughs> and the horse is just looking at him he's like you can make that jump and he's like talking to this horse it's almost like a tom hanks moment uh in castaway he's acting to this horse which is weird for arnold like he actually does some acting in this movie we talk about it until the recall where he plays the the persona where we're like oh my god arnold's actually acting mm-hmm. In this movie, he's kind of toning himself down a lot, and he's kind of 
making the decision. I don't know if it's Jim Cameron saying, you know, we want you to be, you know, pull it back and be the less the comedic role in this movie. Uh, you know, it's not Kindergarten Cop where every single line is his and on point and kills. Yeah, I mean, just watching him, uh, you know, walking up on his wife as she takes the call from Simon mm -hmm. and not saying a word, but he's acting through the whole thing. Yeah. It, that's not typical Arnold acting, right? No. But when he finds, yeah, when he comes he's outside. Usually, he's usually <laughs> delivering some corny line. Yep. It, you know, that whole scene was like, never seen him act like that before. And he's walking across the street like he had just killed his own like dog. Like a sad puppy. And yeah. <laughs> Tom Arnold's like walking him. Oh, is that it? And he gives him a hug. Like he's the one who's the comedic like, part ah, of that scene. Welcome to the club. Ah, it's your first time. But when he like yells at him, stop cheering me up. And he breaks the window and he's like, oh, okay, here's the peach. Like <laughs> you can kill me in, <laughs> yeah. in a second. When so he, break, when he breaks the, the window and it's just yeah. like. <laughs> just punches the window. But just all those little subtle things, the the, the walking the dog. When Arnold's walking the dog to go get the purse back after they bug the purse, and mm. here's a six foot three muscle bound guy walking this little chihuahua across the street. Yeah, and he's like yanking it. <laughs> yeah, that's what she <laughs> said. I, I don't know. It's just it's all those little things. Or that, how about the two Dobermans when he yeah, smashes their heads together? He's like, together. No, stay. Yeah, it's like a video game. <laughs> it's it's yeah, stay stick around. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think. I don't know what the bad ones are that Tom Arnold says. Uh, well, they all have like to do says, with get, women. Get lost, dipshit. Like, I love that, <laughs> that whole thing when he's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, the when they're standing on the... Tom's thing, you know, he's got some funny ones where the, it's just kind of, you know, it's it's not pointed or mean. It's just funny. Right. You know, even the thing toward the end where he's like, I've been in this van for 15 years, you know. Well delivered, haha. -ha, he wants to get out of the van. That's funny. But then he's got a couple that are like misogynistic in certain ways that are, you know, the one uh, women, you can't live with them. You can't do you can't something else. Right. And I, I heard that and I rewound it. I was like, he did not just, he just said that. And then I was like, this is why we can't stream this movie. Like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We, I mean, well, maybe it's not, you know, it, there's a lot of stuff going on. I think there's it has to do with the terrorism thing. If some anything. real hokey. Well, but you can, stream Wait. the siege you can stream a lot of pre 9 11 yeah but this movie is kind of on point <laughs> like it's pretty scary how they they're able to get nuclear bombs into america through key west through shipping art like it's yeah and then the whole uh they're using real words like jihad they're using real words like it's not parody terrorism i think you're making dan's point no, no, he's saying the misogynistic <laughs> stuff. I'm, I'm saying this movie has not come out this streamed movie because of the is terrorism a, stuff. A right. coterie of things oh, okay. that can't be released. Yeah, the thing, and you make a good point because the movie is so tongue in cheek, you know, and so silly to then bring in very realistic depictions mm -hmm. of terrorism that could also be construed as like stereotypical, you know, racist. You know, because every character in this movie who is of Persian or Middle Eastern descent is somehow associated with the terrorists. Although they're kind of except for Faisal, the game, they though? put Faisal in, right. so you're like, Faisal hey, Faisal's is... on the team. This doesn't count. It's not racist if he's on the team, but it's like I think because it's James Cameron, and because it has other things involved, I don't even, I don't even know that for sure it is the terrorism thing. 
Like, because there are just enough movies with terrorism in it depicted in the same manner. Some are less silly. Some are way less silly. But there is the, the thing that I would keep coming back to in that issue that makes me not be able to dismiss it outright is when they do the sum of all fears after 9-11 and change the terrorists to a, a Nazi. Right. Because at the time, that was less scary. Uh, but that's interesting. Uh, so I don't know. I don't have enough insight as to what they're thinking in that regard, but I will say when Tom Arnold says that Jamie Lee Curtis has an ass, like, and then I put in my notes, like yeah. a what now? Yeah. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, that those two, the two. No, actually, Bill Paxton says that line. Oh, is that Bill Paxton that says that? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter who says it. It's uh, that's when we're not streaming this movie anymore. But I it think makes... Bill Paxton says the "can't live with him, can't kill him" line. No, no. Too. Tom Arnold says that after he finds out finds out she's cheating on him. Well, quote unquote cheating. Right. And they have that interaction in the van before they drive away. He says it. And that's mm. almost worse uh, that it's two characters saying it because instead of like. You, excusing it as character development for this one character, now you have a through line where the people in this world speak this way about women. Uh, well, one's a 10-year-old boy and one is a woman. I think the Bill Paxton character saying that, though, like I'm glad the Tom Arnold character didn't say it because the Bill Paxton character comes off as could be a path. <laughs> he He doesn't seem to have any morals whatsoever so it's like him saying that he could be speaking from experience that's how creepy and disgusting he He is he does have that questionable mustache yeah so uh (laughs) tom arnold saying that line as misogynistic as it is they establish very early that this man is not a good person to be married to or to he's on like his fourth marriage he hits jamie lee curtis in the head with the butt of an mp5 like, I don't know. This yeah, she kicks him in the nuts first, I believe. This movie is weird. I, I, I don't know. I, but I see what you're saying, but I don't think it, it's uh, in this kind of stew of controversial things that, if they're not preventing it from streaming and being released as a prestige release, at least contribute to the potential reasons why we're not getting. You know, this is all speculation. We don't know why it's not out there, but. The right. the last ingredient in this stew is a couple of the shots at the end of the movie that look like hot garbage. Like, in a yeah. movie that has a lot of really good practical effects, you can see we're yeah, in 94, we are right on the cusp of good composite CGI, but we're not there yet. And one of the shots as she's being pulled out of a car by the helicopter looks like a child photoshopped two images on top of one another for a good two seconds. And it's like, Mm. it's the kind of thing that a normal director would look at and just go close enough, whatever it's two seconds. But James Cameron is going to look at and go, Oh, let's spend 10 years trying to fix that while I'm also making two more Smurf Fern goalie movies. And we may Mm. never, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say he's a, he's a, a combination of somebody who's uh, egotistical enough to not want those two or three shots to go out now. He also might not want the misogynistic stuff in there. And he might not want the terror stuff to come out. So that could, but that still doesn't explain the abyss. So I'm not real. I'm assuming it's probably effects. 
It's got to be effects uh, for his primary concern. But man, that some of that dialogue is woof. Uh, I'm just looking real quick to see release dates, if I can find them for the DVD okay. versions of this movie, to see if the there's abyss? like a cutoff. You know, like a like a date after which he no like, longer uh, released this movie. Yeah. Like September twelfth, two thousand one, or so. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Siege? Yeah, it's I haven't. It deals with this directly, and it's pre nine eleven, and it's still everywhere. But it's very serious and realistic, and so it is. Right. It's that thing where it's like, well, we can't make fun of this anymore because it's. And some of the imagery at the end when they're like on a tower and fighting, you know, I can see where you know people look at that and go, "Ooh, we don't really want to put our name on this right now." Yeah, but that's that. That's because it came out then. Is it being held back now? Is the question? Looks because like the last, like, regular Fox release was 2013. And that was in a Dutch release. So I don't know because you have like Zero Dark Thirty, and I know like, uh, when when Black Hawk Down came out, that was pretty controversial. Uh, what was the one with the hijacked boat with Tom Hanks? Oh yeah, uh, like Captain Phillips or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like that shit was happening. Like right now, it's like it looks like 2012 was the last DVD release in the mm. U.S. That's the one we probably watched. Uh, but so, it does, I don't but know. I mean, that's the, the thing, right? Like fine. 2012. Well, it looks fine to you, but James Cameron might know what he could have done better, and it may just irk him, or he may just not like the condition of the master. Like we really are speculating. Maybe. You know, because yeah. like Peter Jackson supposedly is trying to remaster some of his early stuff and it's taken forever because he's never happy with the way it looks. And like, is he ever going to be happy enough with the way Meet the Feebles looks to give it a 4K <laughs> UHD release? I hope so. Speaking I of him, hope we so. need to watch The Frighteners at some point. Oh, I forget that, Tim. Yeah, we yeah. need to watch The Frighteners. It's good stuff. Mm. Mm. Jamie Lee Curtis, guys, is in this movie. Yeah, she is. And she got uh, range. She's got range. I have to say, if I had seen this movie in my teens, I think I would have not really fully understood the gravity of her highlight scene in this movie. Mm. I think as a 30-something-year-old married person in a different phase of life, I think I understand a lot more why that scene is so appealing. I remember seeing commercials for this when I was like, a young, like a you know, 12, 13 year old kid seeing the commercial with her dancing around and thinking like, there's no context in which that's not weird. Right. Like, mm. and now as like an older person, I'm just like, Oh, this is insanely good. Like, yeah. Good I job. Was, dude. I was one year out of high school. It <laughs> this was is fine. Insanely good. <laughs> I no, like, I think, yes. I think you're right. Dan. it hits different when you're a little older and you're married. And again, another great scene where Arnold is kind of acting. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, Gabe said that to me. He's like, I I just don't like I don't like Arnold movies. He's I don't like his acting. And I'm like, <laughs> like where do <laughs> I where do I start? Like, I, when do you come on the show? Is how I feel. Like, when do we bring you on and start teaching you? And I told him, I said, I noticed in the beginning you are not invested enough so you missed all these things he checking his phone this i said you're you weren't invested 
So I'm not answering any of your questions, I told him. Mm. I said, watch it again when, when you're ready, when you're ready. Because it's like, they just, they don't get it. Yeah. And he, all the things he missed were all there. Like you said, it was all over, all over the place. Yeah. Um, it is a two-hour, 20-minute movie, and I did, in my first viewing, transpose one horrifying quote from one character to another. So, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you need a second or third viewing to really nail down all the finer points, but... But he was missing, like, major plot points. Like what? Like, uh, how uh, Paxton's character met uh Jamie Lee Harris. Oh, uh, I mean that's kind Curtis's of his character. He, he should have caught on to that. It's right there. Uh you know, what was the point of the beginning? Uh what what do they do? Like he's like, what are they? I'm like the, well they're they work for the government. They're kind of like men in black, but they're counterterrorism. They're Omega. They're not they're the last line the, of defense. I, I tried to equate it to Marvel. I they're, said they are shield. They're more secret than the CIA. Yeah, they're shield and he's like Nick Fury, Captain America mixed. Like he's just kind of running shit and he's he's the one he's also kind of like clark kent kind of clark kent i try to explain that to you know? like it's like it's like a superman uh you know persona where he's one thing here mm-hmm. said, and he's and he's here and he's playing two lives and you, you really don't see you don't have the aha moment until jamie lee curtis's character has the or you have it way before she has it but when she has her aha you should have already been part of the story you should yeah. have already realized that you should have been waiting for that aha for about a half an hour right so it's like longer that comes from checking your phone getting some ice cream but one last yeah. thing before <clears throat> we move on about this dance scene that <laughs> damn let's go back to dance here's yes. the thing i want to scene i want to emphasize i want to emphasize there's a moment where you as the viewer you're thinking like if he would just say something she's not going to crack his head with that phone twice mm-hmm. right but it hit me as soon as that scene's over that if he does say, like, just come with me on this thought experiment, guys. Arnold, okay. on top of Jamie Lee, he kisses her. She starts to freak out. He says, in his Arnold voice, like, honey, I'm Arnold, you know? <laughs> and uh, I don't do impressions. Uh, that's not my <laughs> no. That's not my, my strong point. Uh, she says, honey, you know, it's hey, Harry. hey, it's me. It's Harry. It's me, yeah. Harry. Yeah. He says that. And she's just like, oh, that's so great. And then they start doing it. Right. Right. The timing with which those terrorists bust in to their room, if he doesn't no. get hit with the phone, they would be like mid coitus. Yeah. That would not. That would good. be a different movie. And you don't get the like to me, the best part of her character is that she. <laughs> She thinks that they're there for her. The conceit. And the whole time. Yeah, the conceit. The conceit that she doesn't know that she's not a spy conscripted in is so good. Like, if the whole movie had had that energy, this would be my favorite movie of all time. Because her energy in those scenes where she's trying to convince them to let her husband go because she's (laughs) the one they want. Oh, my God. Like, it's so well orchestrated. I wish they could bottle that feeling I got during that one little like 10 minute stretch is like this is the movie i want to see but i just don't know that you could sustain it for an hour and a half i thought there was going to be more of that i thought it was well i wasn't sure what i thought but i thought it had the potential to be like that movie where i think it's like angelina jolie and oh mr mrs robinson or yeah where they're both spies something smith Smith, Smith. Yeah, where they're yeah, they're both spies for and they're like basically working against each other but they're married kind of thing. I never saw that movie, but I know right. the plot of it. I thought it was going to be more like that. And I 
like Dan said, you know, if it, if it could have sustained that mm-hmm. longer, but it would have been funny great. Is after that joke, I don't runs, know if you can. You know, they could have probably held it for another ten, fifteen minutes, but then they kind of changed that joke to him taking the serum, and now he's being honest. Like when she says, "Like are they gonna kill me?" and he's like, "Yep." Like, yeah. <laughs> like then that takes you to another part where it's like, okay, it's fine. and then it goes to the crazy Rambo action sequences where it's like it becomes the incredible drop the gun at some point like she drops the gun and it shoots everybody and she didn't even pull the trigger it's so stupid and it was it's it was just so, so slapstick. slapstick hey yeah. hey hey but uh, testament to the director as that mac 10 is rolling down the stairs and, and self firing multiple times and killing a whole crowd of guys it does eventually shoot back at her and she has to dodge. There's a couple mm-hmm. of shots where I was like, oh, it's shooting backwards and she's not reacting. But they eventually give you a reaction shot of her being like, oh, it's shooting at me too. <laughs> that was dumb as a, that was the dumbest thing I've seen in a while, but it was fun. Yeah. It it was, I, like I, we, when I got here, the movie was just ending and I noticed when they do the tango at the very end that she is very uh, in character and then she messes up, and she does it in a she way. She basically to where falls on her butt. She falls on her butt when she's doing like a. It's a during tango the. It's during thing. the credits. It's from the. It's like a far away shot. And I'm watching. I'm like, I've seen this movie probably forty, fifty times, and I've never noticed that she does that. And I'm wondering that she might be in character doing that, because in the end, she's still his wife, who doesn't really know what she's doing. Well, and yet. she falls so. over during the sexy dance too. Yes. That's like part so of it. So, yeah, she's it like could be Bambi, an intentional choice. Bambi being born. Yeah. <laughs> so her dropping that gun makes sense. It's just, it's too ridiculous. Yeah. She's so nervous and yeah. clumsy and that's just who she is. That's like, not going to change. It would have made more sense if it was like she grabbed the gun that was way too big for her and it just threw her back on the kickback or something. But the dropping it and it continuing rolling, I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. Mm. But the but idea worked. that you could make this giant just kind of mind-numbed, fun, silly action movie with a good director is an interesting concept that I don't... I, I'm trying to think of one before True Lies that is this scale with this quality of a director. And really, I think the only thing it's missing is six or eight more years of like quality CGI development. Mm. And then maybe some of the enhancements that you get once people start editing digitally. You know, there's a couple of things I think you could tighten up, but really for a dumb movie, this is a really good dumb movie. Yeah. I, I think the serious version of this movie would be like mission impossible. Shout out to Brian De Palma. Yeah. It's like, it's the same outlandish video game stuff, but done in a way where you're like, oh, yeah, that's completely could happen. Uh, you know, kind of like when you're watching a Star Wars movie and all of a sudden, like the Solo movie, they do like this train heist. And you know you're seeing spa- space characters. You know you're seeing a hovering train. You know you're seeing all these things that are just not real and stormtroopers and whatever. But it looks like if it were to happen, this is what it would, it's, it's grounded, as we had that discussion a few, few shows ago, where yeah. it's like it's grounded in their reality. To where you're like, okay, it's not outlandish. They're not like doing stuff like this where <laughs> he's shooting one gun and it's going through four trees and hitting three guys. Like it's, 
Mission Impossible is more uh, more realistic than this. I was waiting for him to like shoot a bullet and then shoot that bullet with a bullet, causing that first bullet to split yeah. and kill like a whole crowd of dudes. Yeah. That actually would be pretty cool. Copyright Dan from the remedial film class. He probably could have pulled that off. Well, didn't Robin Hood do that? <laughs> well, yeah, but I want to see it with bullets, man. Bullets. Yeah. I don't know. It's a fun movie. It's I it should be streaming somewhere. Although I you know, it'd be nice if there was transparency from Cameron's camp just to be like, "Hey, we are working on it. It's just further down the line because Avatar." Or you know, hey, enjoy your DVD, but like, ooh, you know. Well, it, it created a black market for it. Like the, if I didn't find this DVD at a flea market, I'd be paying like fifty bucks for it. So it's like, people is are gonna get movie, it if they want it. This is the new the the new segment I propose. Is this movie worth what people are paying on eBay? Hmm. Mm. I don't know. If it's fifty bucks. It depends on how much you like Jamie Lee Curtis. I have it on Laserdisc. So. That uh, Spanish Blu-ray that I was making fun of earlier, aside from some hard-coded uh, Spanish subtitles, on any time it shows like English subtitles or English text on the screen or forced subtitles of like foreign dialogue, other than those uh, moments when there is forced Spanish uh, closed captioning or subtitles, Mm-hmm. You can turn off all the subtitles otherwise. You can put it on English track. Like, it's a fine viewing experience for as little as I paid for it on Amazon in a world where you might have to overpay for a DVD. But this is not a $50 movie to me. And they're going from $18 to $40. I'm looking at the sold. $18 to $40 on Amazon. No, on eBay. $20. I would spend $20 on this movie. Is it worth that? I'd say it's worth that. Especially to have a movie that like nobody else is watching right now and maybe you could show your friends. Like you might become the guy who introduces them to T I mean to True Lies. I just like to have uh physical <laughs> media that's not available anymore. Yeah. Just to have it. It's worth the forty bucks just to have it. How else are you gonna get it? Exactly. Well that's why every time I see the the Star Wars trilogy on DVD somewhere, I buy it, like a flea market or a yard sale. Mm-hmm. I buy it and I sell it because people, if they don't have Disney Plus, they have to they have to stream all three movies and it costs like 40 bucks. Right. And it's like, okay, if you're in the mood to watch it, which if you don't have Disney Plus, you can't get it unless you pay an exorbitant amount of money on some kind of streaming service because... Disney owns the rights. Yeah, I mean, at that point, just so if you have the DVD, buy, buy a month of Disney Plus. It's cheaper. Yeah, it is. You know what I like my Star Wars to be? A New Hope to Jedi. I'm gonna pretend like nothing else ever was produced. Mm. I was seriously is... concerned that you were gonna say, you know how I like my Star Wars when Community <laughs> like like did women. a three part <laughs> episode on it back in 2010. <laughs> no, no, that was Rick and Morty. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a bit of no, uh, like, personal news, guys. I, I just gonna break this on the show. I, I have now watched five episodes of Community. Oh, it is what? not a bad do, show. I kind of like do, it. Do we do a, a separate channel for that show, and I start watching it too? 
Well, I've been watching it with my wife, so it's been spotty. Mm-hmm. You know, I catch it when she's available. Yeah. Uh, so we stay together. So it would take forever to make a show out of it, but I will tell you, uh, John Oliver, that was a surprise. I like him a lot. Oh yeah, uh, Joel. Oh, yeah. I met Joel, him. the main guy, Joel McHale. I kind of wish Joel that McHale. he wasn't on the show. Why? I dislike him. I don't. Nothing oh, he does is interesting. You're not, you're not supposed to like him. Okay, because my wife said, "Yeah, I think he's supposed to be that douchey," and I'm like, "Yeah, but if he's on the screen, they're taking away time I could be spending with Donald Glover or Abed mm. or you know even uh, Alison Bree's character." Like, give well, me more of them. Well, see, see how it progresses because uh, he becomes, he's much like a, like a Michael Scott where, you know, over the course of, uh, of time, he becomes uh, much more endearing. Well, I will leave a place open for him. That's like the, it's like the guy on New Girl. He never, he never admits it, but he starts to care. There you go. Oh, so, so he's so like Tommy Lee, Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones yes, and Fugitive. He never, he, does, he never admits it, but <laughs> uh, it's there. Now, have you seen? I have a a text from uh, my friend Matt, uh, Matt Bengal. He's in my uh, my side chick, side uh, chick movie club, and he. I also got him to watch Community. It was a deal we had. I had to watch True Detective, and then he would watch Community. Um, he just texted me, cast Abed as the next Batman. Dan, do you get that reference yet? I have not seen him do like a Batman you voice yet, will. but I look forward to it. <laughs> I like will. him a lot. I so Every now good. and then I, I laugh when I think about you being like, well, that's Dan. <laughs> Sometimes that makes me laugh and not mad. <laughs> well, I mean, Abed's a little, you know, more eccentric than you. That's what you think. I mean, the idea of viewing things through you know the lens of tv and movies that's actually i think dan Harmon, like dan Harmon writing himself in oh yeah a show as a character that's like the guy on goldberg's cracks me yeah, up that exactly these early episodes are directed by the russo brothers mm. oh yeah because you know oh, they've, yeah? they've done some stuff mm. since community i don't know if you're aware yeah well that's why there's a few community references in uh a couple of the Avengers movies. Oh, there you go. The the one guy, he pops up pretty in a funny situation. Uh, the guy with glasses and the mustache, the bald guy. Glasses and a mustache on Community? Or is he, oh, he's from Arrested Development. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is the same guys. They had they had something to do with Arrested Development as well. I believe. The, Rus- oh. the Russos. Okay. Is that right, Dan? I don't. I Dan, never watched Arrested Development, me. but I don't know that they. I'm gonna check it before I leave this in. So you you never watched destroyed. Arrested Development, I'm Dan. To think who I don't watch is, a lot of TV, dude. I watch. I watch oh, movies. Man. Movies. Movies. Arrested Development was funny too. It's a banana. How much could it cost? Ten dollars. <laughs> I know show. you guys don't want to do it. What? But we really need to cover the Marvel movies because I want to freaking explode about the Thor movie. (laughs) Dude, I need to get a bigger interface and we need to have my friend Matt Bengal on when we do that because he's a huge Marvel guy and he's trying... And I keep busting his balls about how boring Marvel movies are. Even if we do just the up to phase three because what's going on now really doesn't... is irrelevant to what those 20 movies were. That 
20 movies. That bracket of movies that will never, ever be, you know, I mean, it felt like work to watch 10 Jason movies and those were 90 minutes each. Like, I know that's the thing. The Marvel commitment time. Like, I still haven't watched the new Bond movie. I've had it for six months, and I just look mm. at it like, when am I going to sit still for three and a half hours or whatever? Like, If cool. anything, as a movie fan, you should really appreciate their Kevin Feige's ability to take four characters, make separate movies, always leading to a group movie, and then continue that story throughout those characters in other movies in the style of that character and then come back again and do an Avengers movie with all those fleshed out characters where they don't have to do backstory because you got them in their individual movies. I call that the Mortal Kombat Annihilation phase. It's not, it's not the Mortal Kombat Annihilation (laughs) phase. I mean, technically it is because you don't get the backstory because you're expected to know it, right? But you do get the backstory. You do get the backstory even in the movie. It's just not, they don't browbeat you. They they kind of give you the the plot of the movie is solid, but like I was explaining to you about Bad Boys, there's just certain things about characters that you're going to miss if you don't watch a certain movie. Uh, like if you watch Avengers without watching Captain America, then you're not going to know this, the great background of Steve Rogers. You're just going to see Captain America running around, throwing a shield and doing whatever, and acting like the greatest soldier ever, but you don't, you're going to think it's corny. You're like, Oh, this guy's corny. But then you'll understand why he's corny because that's the character that was, he's the, he's the Superman. He's the Clark Kent of the universe. So he's going to be that guy, but he is that guy because he's wholesome. He's, I don't know, man. I don't know. Do you know when, get all that, you know, when the Marvel movies lost me, I can remember the exact moment. When the science wasn't right? At the beginning of Captain America 2. <laughs> when they they're on their mission. And you're like, oh, cities. this looks like an army movie. But like that one guy's got a shield. Like this is kind of cool. It's like an action, you know, modern action movie. And then they eliminate the character Crossbones. And they're like, hey, it's Crossbones. And he's dead. Like immediately. And I was just In like. what movie was that? Captain America 2, I believe. Winter Soldier? And I was just I like, but He Crossbones, wasn't even Crossbones yet. Crossbones is like the guy that I was looking forward to seeing. And they, he's gone. What? That that wasn't Captain America 2. He was in that whole movie. Are you sure? Who but he, he wasn't Crossbones yet. He was. But didn't he, he get was, killed in the opening scene? That was one of the Avengers movies. Oh, is that, that Age that of was Civil War. That was Civil War. It was the third Captain America movie. Oh, okay. Hey, guess what? I can't remember the difference it. between all of them because they all run together because it's the same five characters in the same costumes. Yeah. Ugh, guys. Uh, Marvel movies. I'm so glad I'm not alone. Maybe you're just in the minority. Well, I, I mean, I think it would make for a great, uh, a great battle. I, uh, Dan and I versus you and Matt. My stance against the Marvel movie thing is not from a home of pretension, right? I like some really schlocky stuff. I don't need these movies to be the Godfather parts one and two only fuck Godfather part three, but they still don't do it for me, right? I know a lot of people, you know, even some famous directors keep saying stuff like, oh, it's not cinema, you know? 
And like whether or not it's cinema is up for debate, but whether I like it, not up for debate. Not for me. Too many movies. They're too long. And I'm just not feeling the connection of the characters a lot of the time. This coming from the guy that did a two-part episode connecting 15 movies to The Dark Knight uh, and Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we no, invested and that's the like thing. 19 hours we into easily, explaining Shakespeare. We could easily go through, I mean, oh my God, can you imagine how long the show would be, like how many episodes it would take to piece together like the forensics of how we got through even just like the first wave of those Marvel movies. Cause keep in mind we did the dark Knight cause it's like the biggest movie of all time and it's really good. And it's also Shakespeare. But at the same time, like the reason it had to be in so many pieces is because dark Knight itself is so referential to mm-hmm. Hollywood movies. But then if you tried to like, you know, especially if you wanted to bring in like the comic origin stuff to the Marvel, I mean, that's a 15 year podcast. If you want to do it, it's just, that's just not for me. My passions lie behind a different cape. Hmm. Hmm. It it would be a good. Speaking debate. of capes, um, we've all seen the Incredibles, right? Oh yeah, this you movie why, had a lot you know of why, incredible bits. That should you know been why they don't they film. don't put capes on the uh, costumes anymore? I really thought that one terrorist was going to go through the engine of that jet mm. when he was like hanging off the wing. Oh, see, the second I saw he was hanging on that air-to-air missile, I was like, oh, I know where this yeah. is going to go. Yeah. Gonna, no, no, it was, before, it was before that. It was when he was, like, climbing <laughs> on the back of the thing, like, right behind the cockpit. I was like, all he needs to do is, like, shift a little bit, and he goes, slides down, and goes right into that yeah. engine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which happens in Indiana Jones. Yeah. I, I, I looked at that airplane scene as a nice little homage reference to Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's a lot of that in this movie. Hmm. And that was, I think, the moment when I was like, oh, man, this is just like an 80s arcade game boss fight. Hmm. Like, now we're fighting on top of the plane. Like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, And, of course, that would be the, the video. Like, if you're referencing video games of the time, that would be your point of reference in 1994. Whereas later action movies we may ever talk about on this show, you're going to see that they might reference different periods in video game development. Hmm. 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 So what are we watching next week, guys? Uh, we are going to watch Iron Man. <laughs> Which actually is... It's not the a worst good one. good standalone movie. Yeah, it's It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good, good. standalone movie. Um, no need to watch 20 movies from that, although it starts, it starts the journey. Anyway, uh, I is guess... Is that the first Marvel movie? It's the, fir- it's the first one made. In Iron that, Man. In that, it's the first yeah. Marvel, these like what a MCU movie. Was a uh, Marvel always like owned by Disney or? No, no Disney they bought them in two thousand nine. So yeah, I guess that was like Marvel Entertainment. Standalone. Yeah, it was just a Marvel Entertainment. That's cool. Uh, and that's why that's why the post credit scene was such a big deal, because that's when people were like, "Wait, this could be huge." And then it was just wishful thinking. It's kind of like when Ryan Reynolds made a homemade version of Deadpool and then leaked it to the internet as yeah. footage because mm-hmm. he wanted them to make the movie. Yeah. It was kind of like that. We're like, we can really do something here because Sony's really screwing things up with Spider-Man. Word. Uh, I guess 
Are we doing? So, George, we'll be this... watching a movie. <laughs> okay. I know that surprises you after all the community talk we've done on Remedial Community Podcast. But I'm so glad you guys are watching. Uh, it's actually, it's not bad. It's fine. Uh, I'm waiting for Joel McHale to grow on me, but oh, it's a journey, guys. He will, don't worry. In a crowd where I like everybody else on that show. You're not supposed to like Jeff Winger okay. right away. Well, that's good. Winger. So, George, we are going to watch a movie. Okay. And I'm interested to hear what your initial reaction is when I tell you what we're watching. Okay. We're watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Called Bad Boys 2. Trench Coats and Machine Guns. Trench Coats <laughs> and Machine Guns. Okay. Just kidding. Does anything stand out to you as odd that you're watching Bad Boys 2 next? Well, I mean, I it's odd that we haven't watched Bad Boys 1, I guess. Is it? We'll see. I don't know. Is it? We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to watch Bad Boys 2. Yes. Travis is, uh, Travis is reticent, I'm apprehensive. I think. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm a little hesitant. We're doing science here, boys. We're doing <laughs> science. <laughs> this is a fun experiment. We're doing a science. I've never watched a sequel before I watched the original. I've never done that ever in 47 years. Oh, I'm sure you've seen some random part six something on TV and been like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. And never went back mm. and watched the first one or Who's... immediately went back and watched the first one. So I guess this is Dan's idea to start with number two. Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand why, but I just... I haven't seen Bad Boys in a long time, Bad Boys 2 in a long time, so I don't know if you're going to miss anything in the character development of one or if they rehash anything, so I'm going to go home and watch it and see, Mm. and then I will text Dan and be like, okay, I get it. Or he'll do his usual weekly, (laughs) I think we need to change movies now. I was going to say, he hasn't uh, done that in a few weeks now, Mm. so... Hey, it's Dan in post, and I'm editing this episode a couple hours before we record Bad Boys 2, and I just got the text from Travis saying, oh, it's going to be a shit show. And listen, he may not be wrong, but it'll still be science. Tune in next week. Yeah, there was no audible request on True Lies. I think we were confident that True Lies was going to Although I was a work. little nervous when he was being very short with us with his text, like, be done at 10, be here sharp. I was oh old. no, that's just because I got it. Because you're tired. Yeah, he's but just a hardworking man I'm thinking, now. Man, that's usually his tone when he's tried to turn it off twice. <laughs> that was no. his wild things tone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no, my wild things tone was come over whenever. I'll stop watching as soon as you that's get exactly here. Exactly, like, sooner <laughs> whenever the better. you come over, I'm turning it off. So yeah. come over as soon as you can. <laughs> so good. That's how I knew. I'm like, maybe I don't go over. <laughs> He still hasn't finished watching it. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> You're going to be doing that over summer school. So funny. <laughs> I love how when I finally watch the end of it, and I'm like, all right, guys, explain to me why I had to watch the end. You're like, but just, you just yeah, need to finish, finish the assignment. Yeah, it's important <laughs> to finish the movie, Spicoli. <laughs> or you'll get an incomplete. Yeah, Spicoli. Isn't it make it our time? <laughs> <laughs> I watched that last night again. I do not hear you unless you knock. It's a good movie. <laughs> so good, man. Uh, good He's so, watched it four more times since I, I left it here, so I'm going to check to see where it skips. Yeah, exactly. Probably, 
<laughs> burned a hole right through a couple. Burned of a scenes. hole right at the best, best uh, the the pool scene. No, stop yeah, it. oddly enough, it's not the Phoebe Cates parts. <laughs> it's just the Judge Reinhold. It keeps skipping. It, it's Damone in his socks. I don't understand it. <laughs> did you guys this watch? This was great iced tea, Stace. Hey, in the version that you guys watched, did you see Damone's dick? Uh, I know that it's in the because uh, it's in the Criterion unedited. one, and yeah, I forgot that that version. wasn't in the original one. And then I was watching special features, and they were like, "Oh yeah, Criterion, put it back in." And I was like, "Oh, I bet George didn't even see the guy's dick." Yeah, no, I didn't. Well, yeah. Although I was in Home Depot yesterday, and there's like <laughs> and someone that, Kevin Bacon's no, dick there's in someone that works there that looks <laughs> just like Damone. Really? Yeah, and I was like, he looks so much like him that I was about to like sneak a, like a little video of him so oh, I could show you great. guys. He looks so. Did he come up to him? He's like, the lady will have a linguine and clam sauce. Just and like a the coke with no just ice. like the way he's the way he walks, <laughs> the way he looks, like his hair. It's just like, oh my gosh, you belong in in Ridgemont High. Mama's all right. Anyway, <laughs> was I he just, selling tickets? Huh? Was he selling? He looked like he tickets? might be. I don't know. Wow. Interesting. Next time, get a selfie with that guy. Just know, act like just you weird. know him. Be like, hey man, can I get a selfie with you? Boom. Hey, Damone, it's Rat. You look like the guy from Fast Times. <laughs> Anyone ever tell you you look like the guy from Fast Times? Oh, no? man. Can yeah, I get a picture with you? The guy no? with the, okay. the 40, 40 second. The uh, prick. You know, yeah. the prick. Little prick. Yeah. <laughs> the little prick guy. <laughs> the little prick guy. Drives a grim oh, one. Yeah, That'd go over well. 